Today with Ken Crowther on World Radio Gardening. What's new with Thompson and Morgan Seeds? Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the podcast from World Radio Gardening. This edition brought to you by Thompson and Morgan. Well, in a few minutes' time, we'll be looking for something new and exploring the polytunnels. But first of all, it's that time of year. Potatoes on our mind. And if there's one person that can talk potatoes, it's Colin, better known to his friends as Spud from Thompson and Morgan. Really important time of the year for potatoes. They've been on sale now for at least a month, haven't they? And you have to get in early if you want some of those rarer varieties, don't you? Yeah, just tend to, uh, especially uh, um, some of the old heirloom things like Ratty, La Rat, I suppose, officially, and Belle de Fontenay. And then sort of, uh, in years gone by, and Pink for Apple was still more of a novelty, and that was selling out year on year, but... No, there is there is some shortages of some of these old salads. That's inevitable, isn't it? Inevitable. Yeah, get in early if you particularly want those um, old salad varieties. Now, one of the biggest problems with potatoes, of course, is blight, isn't it? Yeah, still pretend is. It isn't, is. Can't it? pretend still it's is. not. No. Now, are there? positive varieties that can avoid blight today? Well, there is a lot of work ongoing and, and we were pleased uh, to launch the Sharpo range uh, back in 20, 2003 or 2004. Yeah, long time ago, it? Seemed a long time now, Ken. Don't work very well uh, with the Shivari Trust on on bringing those to gardeners' attention. And Sharpo Mira is still hugely popular and, and everyone sells that variety. Is that because the flavour of Mira is, is particularly good? Well, it is if, if it's grown well. As a main, it's a later main crop. It's like Cara Maturity. It's one of those... It's not an early main. It does take a bit longer to, to develop. But you've got to, it's one of those you've got to cut the horns down in really good time. Even they're green as grass still. Um, and we've got a lot of gardeners will leave... Then they don't. They're very good blight resistance, late blight resistance. The blight attacks the plant, and you see lots of little like measles dots all over the leaves, and the plant is fighting off the blight. And and it's still a, a benchmark variety. And there's there's some others now that we've launched uh, Corollas in the last uh, year, which is a slightly earlier. Looks a bit more like a King Edward with the with the pinky red eyes. And so it's a, and it's a white variety with those pinky red eyes, and that is excellent blight resistance as well. Tuber and the foliage How makes about huge a very yields. Early? Have we got any early early? Because early shouldn't get blight. As they easily, shouldn't should do. They? No, some of the the problem with the with the blight strains now, or, or the modern uh, the two mutants that we're having to combat against really in in recent years. Uh, sort of known generally as the pink six and blue thirteen um, strains, which are causing most of the problems for gardeners as they are commercially. Uh, they will work in cooler temperatures than the old-fashioned blight, and because um, yeah, we always used to reckon that blight would come in when it was warm and moist. Didn't yeah, we? that Smith period of humidity yeah, and uh, but over not anymore. No, it's extended. They will work in in cooler temperatures, so it will extend the season of blight attack, and uh, which we found it beer in in Ipswich last year uh, or on our Harkstead site. Um, blight didn't come in till the 31st of August. But when it came in, it was pretty, devastating, pretty bad. Yeah. So, 
it's worth, if you were a new grower of potatoes, then would you look for a blight resistant or would you say, ah, don't worry, just grow potatoes because they're great to grow? Well, certainly uh, if you're new to uh, potatoes, depending on your, what you want your potatoes for, if you, if you just want a few salads or a few boiling potatoes, you uh, you know the the Aaron Pilots are still still a good variety, which is one I sort of grew up with planting for me grand crumbs. That's right, they've uh, they've always been there, haven't uh, they? Over fifty five years ago, I suppose. Yeah, they've always been there. Very very reliable, and that would would. I mean, you can also grow. Of course, these some of these earlies leave them in the soil as a second early, and they, and they'll keep it growing as a main crop. Get, but. Um, uh, generally, there is the classification of the different sorts. But if you just want a few earlies and a few salads, say they shouldn't shouldn't get blight because you um, plant them up and then they're ready in sort of twelve weeks. What are some of your favourite varieties? You know, if I said to you, give me a couple of earlies, give me a couple of uh, you know later ones, and then give me a couple of mains. What would you go? What would you actually think of growing in your own garden, Tony? Do you think? Well, certainly... I know you experiment with experiment different ones. Experiment, hundreds on, that's the trouble, isn't it? I suppose yeah. it's sort of uh, got me favourites. What I mean, are your favourites? Re- I mean, Red Duke of York's still a classic. It's a lovely, That's a gorgeous variety. Better than Duke of York. I know it's a more modern sport from it. From, from It was a, a, a seedling found in Holland, uh, Red Duke of York. It's Red Erstling, really. That fits where? So that is, that's one of those that... It, maintains its quality as an early a second early and as an early main crop but it's very useful it's very useful it's one of it's few a lot of them you can leave uh, in the in the soil i mean it will vary a bit on the um the weather conditions and and the fertilizer and in the soil but uh, there's not many that you can have such a wide window of harvest and getting quality from right from the start, and at the at the end is still the same quality. Come on, what's another favourite of yours? Well, Aaron Pilot, of course. You know Aaron Pilot. Yeah, Aaron Pilots. You've mentioned uh, that already. Uh, and, and Maris Bard, of course, is very popular still. Uh, that's uh, I know a more recent one, but it's still you know it's been out a, a, a long an awful long time. But that's that. It's, it, good it's a good quality, and you know what you're going to get with it. And that's grown all over the country, very successfully barred. Uh, in, in salad, well, Charlotte's a mainstay. Of course, if you grow your own Charlotte, they taste a little bit nicer than those you get at the supermarket, of course. <laughs> um, but Jazzy that we've launched uh, in the last two years, one, that is I've superb. That. Yeah. that is my, f- of the more, or the very recent ones in the, in the, from the breeding programmes that I had a look at, four years before we launched it and grow it even at six inch spacing and get a load of little tubers they are absolutely superb now chitting or no chitting come on oh dear everybody will argue a bit of folklore in this and there there and wives tales coming to it necessary no it's not necessary it's um it's just that of course the keener gardeners getting the varieties that they want they have to get them on good time from ourselves or at their, at their local garden centre and as the light levels extend as winter finishes and spring approaches the, the potatoes will want to start growing so they will produce their little sprouts and if you if you can't plant them uh, for 
you know, it's, you can't really do much in right. February or, no, or even March. well into March, March. and um, uh, even the end of March. And, and certainly, as we notice around this uh, area, and I'm sure a lot of uh, of gardeners are facing the same with the with the wet winters and spring. The the soil's a long time warming up in more recent years. And it's no good putting them in if the soil isn't right, is it? No. Uh, the rule of thumb is if you, if you've got your bit of soil prepared and you push your hand to the wrist into the soil and you pull it out, and that's a bit cold. It's far too cold to plant potatoes. They're not going to appreciate it. Yeah, if you chip them and the and the shoots get too long, can you nip them off or do you shorten yes, them? Yes, you can. You, you can rub them off if they're if they're too long and spindly. They're not going to do anything anyway. So and they break off when you're trying to plant. You're trying to plant as carefully as you can, and they, and they break off. Just knock them off. They will produce some more when they're planted anyway. And you can plant potatoes in tubs, containers, in the ground. Anywhere, can't yeah, you? Yeah, pretty much so. I mean, we're doing a lot with the eight litre bags now, one one tuber and an eight litre uh, grow bag, and a massive potatoes. Better now than what the, the older way of putting five tubers in a 40 litre bag. You get more from uh, in percentage terms uh, from an eight litre bag. And it, it, you know, end of March is still might be a little early for you know for some gardeners outside. Really, again, especially if they want to sow a few early seeds as well as uh, as putting their potatoes in. Put some black polythene down on on the ground. Peg it down for a, a month before you want to work on the on that bit of soil. It, you know, getting some warmth in the air uh, through March and. Uh, They'll warm and dry the soil up a bit and you can have a go at it then. Ken Crowther talking to Thompson & Morgan's potato expert. He's called Spud. Well, what else could he be called? Well, it might be cold outside still, but under that polytunnel, there's a whole load of warmth going on. And that's where we find Peter from Thompson & Morgan, again having a chat with Ken Crowther for World Radio Gardening. Uh, we're very busy at the moment, um, sending out all of the sort of what we call the summer bulbs and the bare roots. So we're talking about things like dahlias and gladioli, summer bulbs. It's funny how we call them all summer bulbs and we've got tubers, begonia tubers, we've got dahlia tubers. And it, it, I suppose it's something that the retail industry picked up on because as, a, as someone who has got no idea about gardening, they're a bit like a bulb because you plant them in the ground and then they grow, don't you? That, 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 that's right. I mean, um, the, the, this time of year, I, d- I deal for those sort of, uh, for, I say, summer bulbs um, and uh, ideal time to be getting them in. Obviously, some of the things like the dahlias need to be sort of kept a bit under... Uh, bit of protection. A bit, bit of protection for the moment and just sort of uh, uh, grow them on in your, in your in your sheds or slightly warmer areas before being planted out in May. Um, but, you know, all sorts of bulbs. Bare roots as well. We're sending out lots of bare roots at the moment. And, of course, it's just before spring is just about to start. So it's just about to burst forward. Burst forwards. I must go back to begonias because begonias, I know you do lots of plants of begonias, but also you do begonias as as tubers as well. We, we do them as the tubers, yeah, and uh, we'll sell them out, send them out as sort of little sort of uh, one or two inch um, tubers that are uh, ideal now for sort of putting into um, a sort of a warmer area. And what we normally tell customers to do is they should be put into a slightly damp um, bag of peat and then put into a warm area somewhere in the house just to start encouraging all of the, um, the shoots and what have you to start bursting out of the actual tubers themselves before the bulbs are then planted out in the next four or five weeks can you can you 
buy the same begonias that you sell because they're, they're different, aren't they? Some of them. So a lot of the, a lot of them are very different. Um, some of the favourite ones and the, and our top seller for the last gosh 15, 20 years has been the wonderful begonia apricot shades, which is that wonderful oh. trailing variety <laughs> we put in hanging baskets. And we sell that in so many different formats. We sell them as the little seedlings. Uh, we sell sell them in our sort of garden ready plug type stage. But we also sell them as the as the as the um, the tubers. Uh, sorry, the corms as well. Yeah. So. Um, all different ways of um, selling these plants, yeah. So summer bulbs are on their way. Now, you know, in here we've we've got the start of um, bedding. Start of bedding. Uh, give it another sort of two weeks and this place will be um, absolutely bulging with um, all of the sort of summer bedding, all the very early summer bedding type things. I was going to so say, I'm... you said early <laughs> and of course I would say, wow, it's too early. But what, what you know, I've, I've... they are the smaller ones, aren't they? They are. These are the very small plugs. So uh, we're talking about things like pansies and the first of all the sort of the, the other sort of summer bedding type stuff. So petunias. Um, other types of begonias or anything that you put out into summer bedding and the idea of these really is sending them out this early is for the really keen gardeners to keep the gardeners who have um, the greenhouses or the little tunnels or the protected areas where these tiny little pot plants can be potted up into into bigger pots um, and customers can buy them cheaply and in bulk early in the year and save money by the, buying smaller bulk amounts of plants that they can pot up themselves. Saves them also, I know you sell seed as well, mm, yep. but it sells, stop, stops them having to worry about propagation yep, that's and, right. and the seed sowing. It's just a little plant, isn't it? I think it? It, it takes that one step out of um, out of the production cycle and um, you know, a lot of our customers, obviously, you know, we were um, founded on as, as a seed company and... Um, um, lots of our customers enjoy growing from seed, but again, it's you know if we sell them little plug plants, it's taken that one step out. And for those people who haven't got uh, um, you know big greenhouses and what have you, um, it's, they can get it's, on with it. They can they? get on with it, and, and it's it, it's such a. I mean, we know gardening is a huge hobby. A lot of retired people. I'm not putting everybody that's retired who's buying small plants, but. There are a lot of people out there who just love gardening and to be actually see their plants grow on is very satisfying, isn't it? It is very yeah, incredibly satisfying and seeing it start off as a tiny little one centimetre sort of tall plant and growing into a a plant that um, you know is uh, is you know grows quickly, and then you know the joy of putting it out into the garden as well and seeing it perform over the summer. It's Wonderful. fantastic. Great fun. Great fun. I love it. It's got to be fun. If it's not fun, it's not worth doing. Well, that's my philosophy. You're listening to World Radio Gardening. Today with Ken Crowther on World Radio Gardening. What's new with Thompson and Morgan Seeds? Well, what is new? Thompson and Morgan always looking to the future. And Ken has caught up with Colin Randall to look in to future days. Year in, year out, got to try and find something new or something just uh, uh, evolve, really. Always looking keeping my eye open, seeing what's going on. Now, when I think back, you think, if I go back far enough to when I first did gardening, possibly with my dad, and you had a lettuce, you grew a lettuce in the garden and you grew a lettuce, and you took the lettuce in and you ate the lettuce, right? You had it as a salad. Yeah, it's just a hearted lettuce. A hearted yeah. lettuce. Then we developed all oh, lots of little ones. We had little gems and we had cut and cut again, which yes. we never would have dreamt would have come as a, as a salad leaf, would no, we? No, wouldn't. 
wouldn't have really, I suppose, and with lettuce generally. I mean, they're evolved to, well, of course, different colours, textures, and exactly. do do all sorts of things with them. And uh, and some of them actually are, you know, if you can uh, uh, grow just a few of these more thicker leaf cut and come again, um, saladed, well, salad bowl types, but uh, just pick a few leaves. And they will actually keep in the fridge for a couple of weeks uh, as well. So you don't. You, it's really uh, a lot of these salading things. It's so little and often, not not so all in one go. And then you got to throw a load away. It was, it would just go to waste. And over the last few years, you've been looking at different leaves that you can can add into things as well. Yes. Uh, which, which again, if you go in and have even buy a salad or have a salad when we're out, it's got a lot of different leaves. I mean. Again, back to my childhood, would you thought of putting baby baby spinach in salads? No, we no, wouldn't, would we? It was just to cook. It was just well, to cook. Well, go down to nothing almost when you fill a pan with it with some water, but that's all I ever knew. Yeah. But it's changed. I mean, mustard and cress was about the only thing that we cut and grew as children, possibly, on a bit of blotting paper. Yeah. And, and now we try all sorts of things, don't we? Yeah, so there's a lot of material around just to have a little... Uh, investigation and, and sow a few uh, seeds of. Uh, I suppose this sort of link up also with what gardeners uh, not necessarily have tried themselves but when they go to the supermarket and get these packs of different mixed leaves and sorts of things and if you sort of have a look through it you can see some strange things in amongst it sometimes and I'm sure they sort of scratch their head and think oh, I wonder what these things are. And that's what I'm doing, really. I'm just looking at a whole raft of things. Now, I'm just looking at nasturtium over there because we've been putting nasturtium flower and leaf into salads for quite a number of years, haven't we? Yeah, that's nothing new, really. I mean, especially uh, if you like something... No, it's certainly peppery. Uh, I was was looking at a few different nasturtiums as well just to see if there's any difference. Do they change in flavour, the leaf, or...? Well, some... some, a sort of hotter taste in the back of the throat that lasts a little longer than than, than uh, some of the others, but generally they are pretty hot and peppery. And this is sort of uh, within sort of uh, three weeks of sowing. What's uh, the grassy one over there that looks like? Well, it looks like wheat. It, well, that's, yeah, that's what it is, Ken. It is wheat. Yeah, yeah so I just put that in. Um, There's it's a lot of interest in in that wheat or wheatgrass, I'm calling it. Yeah, it's I, the same thing. When I was oh in my twenties, I had a, a a lady used to do back work on my back because mm-hmm. I damaged it as a youngster, and she used to get us to grow wheat like that, and we used to grind it down, put it into a liquid, and she used to get me to drink that every day. Mm-hmm. It's horrible to drink. I have to be honest. <laughs> it is not nice to drink. I'll ag- but I'll I don't agree, know. But it- I don't know whether it did me any good or not. I'm still here, aren't I? Well, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure it does you the world of good, Ken. There is. It's not a salad leaf. I mean, it is. It? No, you couldn't. It's too chewy and grassy, really. I suppose it. But I put some in just to having a think. I also on, on things for juicing because that's what. That's oh, what you see. For, so, yeah, so it makes an ideal juice, as you say, not the most palatable, but I think you've got to think, you've got to think it's it does you yeah. good. Yeah. And cresses, there are so many cresses, aren't there? Radish leaf and all those sort of oh, things we can use. Oh, yeah, radish, hairless carrots, all the, the oriental mustards, a lot of the herb leaves, of course. Where's a herb start and a salad leaf 
hand herbs and salad leaves Close, can mix it? up. It's so difficult. So with coriander, chervils, lovage. Lovage makes a lovely little, little maggie plant, as they call it on the continent. Lovely, lovely taste to it in, in, you know, within three weeks of sowing. Do you think the continent has influenced our eating habits with some of the uh, leaves, do you think? Uh, um, well, there might be uh, something in that. I mean, certainly because we get all the European catalogues, like I do the Japanese, the American. I mean, we're getting catalogues from all over the world or information what's uh, going on and sort of look into it a bit and try and get some samples of different things to, to see what uh, we make of them over here. So one day we might see some of these small leaves that I'm looking at here in packets of seeds at a T&M, you never you know. You never know what's, uh, what's coming along, Ken. Well, it just goes to show, you never know what's in the future. But Thompson and Morgan seem to have more of an idea than most. You've been listening to the latest podcast from World Radio Gardening, this edition brought to you by Thompson and Morgan. Keep listening out for our next podcast and visit our website at World Radio Gardening for more information. Thank you for listening. <laughs>